0: Love, talk, radio. Hey, good morning, folks. Hope you are having a phenomenal Monday. And I know some of you are listening probably in your little pod at work and you're thinking, Troy, this really sucks. We had to go back to work. And you know what? In those cases like that, you're probably not happy doing what you're doing. So you've got to figure out something that's going to be the vehicle to be able to give you that passion back. Maybe network marketing. It may not be. Maybe something else totally. Maybe a a mission that you finally need to go on. Maybe a new company you need to look at. Maybe you're having some some, some frustrations at, at work. Whatever the case is, this is the well. It's going to be December this weekend. Make it a point to invest the next 30 days in getting ready for 2012. I was on the phone with a good friend of mine, a consultant in the industry this morning, getting up and saying, Troy, I've got a full busy day. I want to get back with you later this afternoon, accountability, focus in, tell you what's going on. That's what leaders do. This is that time period. This is exciting. hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I know we did. It was wonderful. Today, Chapter 14, we are winding down this series of Dave Ramsey's coming out of his book, Entre Leadership may very well be the greatest book that I've seen him write, and I've got every book that he's ever written. 20 years of practical business wisdom in the trenches. Show me the money. Compensation plans that fire up people. Now, I've never been driven by money, and and this is something that Dave and I just were not... I think we're on the same page. We just come at it from different, and you're going to see why here in just a second. Dave's a tiger. Dave's out there saying, what's the kill? Let's go get it, skin it, bring it home, and eat it, and share in the reward. As you listen here in a little bit, you'll see I'm more like that quattle bear that he talks about. It can be fun, loving, and ticklish and kill you in a heartbeat. never knew it coming. And those are the type of people that we have. But today's show really digs a little deeper, because is your compensation, whether you're the CEO of the company, the the department head, maybe you're the person receiving the money, have you ever sat down to really analyze, is this fair? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Dave says, close your eyes and picture your best, most loyal, and favorite team member's face. Now, picture their spouse's face, their children's faces, and even the dog's face. In your mind, walk in their shoes as they come to work for you or with you, depending on the situation, each day. As they are passionate about helping you win. If that person's been with you for a decade, is an integral part of your success, they're virtual partners of yours. Are they compensated? like a valued partner, or like a unit of production that can be tossed to the curb like last week's garbage. Now, this is important. Harsh? Absolutely. See, if you're the CEO, the founder, the executive of a company, I don't care what company it is, then it's your responsibility to get those folks that work for you compensated correctly. And see, if we take this to the, to the lowest common denominator of the golden rule, they should be compensated as you want to be compensated. They should be compensated based on the energy and the effort, based on their, their value to the system. I'm not talking about somebody that may not be, you know, smart enough to be in your programming department, so you've got them as a secretary. They're, they're just as valuable, just different areas. I'm talking about those people that show up, do more than they should. You know, it's, I've been this way most of my life, I think. And it's funny because I remember times in high school when Paige would come and say, Well, so and so said, you're lazy. It's like, Really? Amazing. And I'd usually blow it off because I knew what I did. When I went into the Marine Corps, One of the things I was proud of and still am today is all my meritorious mass, my meritorious promotions for going beyond the call of duty. See, a work ethic is something that was instilled in me at a very, very young age by both of my parents. When people sit around and say, well, you know, why aren't you driven then by the money? It's like because I'm different. And I'm going to share with you in a little bit why. And that's not to say that money does not make me happy, okay? I would rather have money in the bank than sit there having to worry about how to pay the bills, so let's be realistic. But you're going to see where I'm going with this, and this is what you need to think of, because too many times CEOs are driven by the money. They're the tigers that Dave are talking about, and that is not a bad thing. That's a good thing, but you need to understand there are people in your field force And there's people in your home office that are not like you. They're the koala bears. And they need to be compensated and rewarded the same way. We've already talked in the first 14 chapters that recognition, uh, 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 promotions, being able to to show people that they're cared for, that they're appreciated, that you're loyal to them, that's that's that emotional trigger. That's what pulls them in tight. But then logically, they all got to come back to paying their bills, and that's where you come in. Some people, Dave writes this, I thought this was great. He said, some people have an unrealistic view of what compensation they have brought to the table, and some of them deserve for you to be more generous. Treat your team like you wanted to be treated if you were in their shoes. Now, his next sentence is going to be powerful for those of you that love Jesus. For you that don't, just think about it for a second. Jesus said, your treasure is where your heart is. What you spend on says what's important to you. If you're not spending your profits on your employees, your team members, your direct sales force, then I question that you care for them. Richard Brooke is the prime example. doesn't have the largest network marketing company in the world. He has a good-sized company, He has a profitable company. He has a company over 20 years old, so, I mean, he's been a success. But one thing that he does do is he compensates and rewards both his his office and his field force very handsomely. I think it's because he wrote a book a few years ago called Mailbox Money, The Promise of Network Marketing. And instead of it being... One of those things where he tells people, hey, you can get rich quick, he just flat says it's a four-year plan, period. People know that. So when they come to to work for him or they come to work with him, they fully understand this is in for the long haul. People don't stay around Richard if they're not in for the long haul. It it, it cracks me up the way it is. You can pick up his book, Mailbox Money, at bliss.com blissbusiness.com, B-L-I-S-S business.com. It, it, It's amazing to me what Richard has created and what he does. And it's right along the lines of what Dave Ramsey's saying. Your treasure is where your heart is. And he knows that he wants to surround himself with people that are like him. That's why so many trainers go, go over there and do business. They says, entre leaders take base structure seriously, identifying ways to encourage overall productivity and incentivize excellent performance. Now, here's where it gets tricky. That administrative assistant or that secretary working for you probably isn't going to get paid the same way as the vice president of sales that's building your network marketing force. Not going to get paid is the way your master distributor would. Not going to get paid the way those those distributors are coming up through the ranks. So how can you reward them? How do you reward your programmer who's busting his or her butt in the back office keeping that website open? Think about that for a minute. How can you make it fair? What happens if you say, okay, I'm going to give you profit sharing? Well, profit sharing sometimes doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is because most people that are working for someone else doesn't count that as found money they they say i can't that, that there's no guarantee that's going to work for me so i can't I, I can't count that into what I'm getting. I can only count what's the guarantee and for a tiger like Dave that freaks him out it's a, what the Sam Hill, are you talking about a guarantee who the heck wants a guarantee? Show me. The direction I'll cut the weeds down and make it a road that's that's Ramsey for you. That's not the way of a single mom who just lost her husband to an accident or or maybe he left her. She's trying to feed the kids now she will she will bust her butt for you. she'll be the most loyal employee you've got. She will she will protect you as if you were her own brother or father. But how do you reward her for that loyalty? She's probably gonna make you look a whole lot better than what you really are. How do you reward that? See that's the key. How do you reward your field force? How do you how do you keep your leaders at the top motivated but not take money out of the, the mouths of your of your average distributor who's coming on board? Who's not going to become a one percenter? They're not even in it for it to be a one percenter. They just want to make a few hundred bucks. They may just want to get their product for free. How do you reward them? Why is it a guy like Richard Brook can can build a company where the average sale per month is is especially with distributors is three times higher than what's needed just to qualify for commission? These are the questions that the CEO that you as the top leader in the field have to ask. Like, let me ask you, why do you in the in the field believe that it's only the company's responsibility to make sure that there's money and recognition and stuff flowing to the deadline? Why wouldn't you take some of your hard-earned money and say, man, I'm going to do something? You know, one of my greatest heroes, Bill Stewart, been a million-dollar earner in Primerica for 30 years. He's not these top guys that you hear about because he's a very humble individual. It's humorous to me how many critics out there tell me there's only 1% of people making money, and I can go and point out fingers of more than 1% of people that make money in the six- and seven-figure mark, in network marketing. But in Bill's Bill's case, every year, he would have a big dinner, and he would go through and he he would find a way to reward those people that we're doing anything. I don't know how many times, because at that time I was part-time, that I'd win a part-time award. I won a part-time award for for income. I won a part-time award for having the most life insurance sales. I, I won a part-time award for having the most security sales. I won a part-time award for, for doing more uh, uh, debt consolidation loans. I loved what I did. I never won a reward for being the number one part-time recruiter but I knew how to go out there and serve people. See, this is why you have to figure out the best way to pay. And you in the field have to take responsibility for that also. We talked last week a little bit about you can get a $100,000 bar and reward somebody or a payday and let them know their paydays coming up. I mean, anything like that can benefit. The reward, the production, the efforts. One of the things that, that critics have taken and run with on something I did, I talked about backdoor deals to get done behind the scenes and, and how risky that is. And the fact that I just, I think it borderlines on some ethical uh, questions. And critics want to jump all over that and say these these people are unethical. And that's not the case. Not whatsoever. See, a lot of times, even the top leaders need a guarantee. Even that CEO wants some kind of a Guarantee. Doesn't mean that I agree with it. I just think it needs to be made public. First of all, I do. I do think that needs to be done. But you got to reward people, and this is something that I learned. I'm going to share another CEO in a minute that does this. Listen, if you value your team, they will know it in a lot of ways. And one way is that they will be paid and paid well. Your team can tell what the money looks like and how it's flowing around them. They're not fooled. Gary Racer of Lemu, saw what CEOs were doing. Like like me, he realized there's not enough talent at the top and way too many companies, so people are cutting checks. Some people who are just coming up in the ranks are taking those checks, and Gary didn't want to do that. The Gary Racer of the Lemu company came up with a plan and said, you know what I can do, though? I can allot a certain amount of stock in my company, and I can be willing to share. He doesn't give stock options. He gives out stock. So when you hit certain production levels inside of his compensation plan, starting at the very bottom and working your way at the top or or bringing an organization over for that matter, if you hit the numbers and you you stay under his contract, I think they're five-year contracts. Then he'll give you stock in his company. He rewards based on the production, which is what Dave's talking about. Dave says, I want everyone to have a self-employed mentality, a sense of ownership, so that they fight for the win. And I'm very happy to have commission people getting rich, and I'm just as comfortable if they start due to their own lack of activity or work ethic. And see, I believe that's what it is. See, I don't, I don't think it's just network marketers that get this sense of entitlement. I think cardiologists get it, lawyers get it. I think sometimes just the, the neighborhood fast food, what do you call it, a quick trip type place, convenience store can get it. So what do you do? Write this down. The next fifteen minutes or so. Number one, you got to be intentional. Dave says, be intentional about what you value. Compensation plans are like recognition. Be careful to award the activities that you want duplicated. That right there says a lot. You want to be able to reward people. Say, Troy, why is why do leaders make more money in the bonus pools? Because the company owners want people to duplicate the efforts of those top leaders. Every now and then you get somebody that thinks outside the box, like a BK Barreto, who who says, "Why don't we tweak the compensation plan a little bit and reward more people? Let's let's generate twenty thousand people making five hundred dollars a month." That's a, that's an endeavor right there. See, this is this is what you got to look at. You got to be intentional. Number one, you got to look at the salary. Now, sadly, there are, are certain laws in place where you can only pay people on salary, and then you can only pay people hourly. You've got to figure out what works for you. I don't I don't know, and this is one of the, the things where Dave and I will, will probably agree to disagree, but here's what I said. Well, and I actually, I agree with him on this, but I'm one of these people. He says there are a few examples of salary-only only positions that motivate and inspire people to win. Now, see, I liked a salary-only position. Now, don't get me wrong. I want my benefits. I want my profit sharing. I want all that. But when I was inside running a company, I wanted a salary. I don't want to have to dicker around and worry about draws and all that. I want to be able to focus 100% on building the brand, knowing that mom is at home with enough money to take care of all the needs that I can't do when I'm here doing my consulting work and running my own business. And the reason I'm this way is because of another verse in the Bible that says, work for the master as if you're working for the Lord. Now, they were talking about bond servants, people that worked for other people during the the Roman Empire who didn't have to. But see, I've seen in America that most people work just hard enough to keep from getting fired, and companies pay them just enough to keep them from being able to quit. I didn't want to be that way. So as an as an employer, I would push for higher salaries for people. And as somebody that was given the responsibility to return a profit for the company, I would serve our field and I would serve the company as I serve my Lord. I screw that one up all the time too, but it's where your heart's at. See, if you're somebody that's, that's a koala bear like me, you're going to say, I want that salary. I want to know that that base is there, and I don't have to worry about going out there and hustling to make the sale. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to build rock-solid relationships, and we're going to close the deal. It took me six months to close the deal this year, but when that deal was closed, it was phenomenal. Had it been with a company, they would have made millions of dollars. That's the name of the game. Profit sharing is a great one, but you got to be cautious with profit sharing, and And Dave shares this. And this is an interesting story. And if you're a CEO, I want you to listen up on this because this is important. I also want you to realize that if if you're a CEO and you're trying to build profit sharing into your compensation plan for your field force, they probably feel the same way. So listen to this. Dave goes, when we first started sharing our profits, we thought everyone would be thrilled. Cash was tight, so we set aside some of the profits for the team quarterly and called it a quarterly bonus. There were several problems with this method that we missed. Many years ago, we started uncovering how inefficient, ineffective this bonus system was when one of my VP's most awesome assistants turned in her two-week notice. She was a great assistant, so my VP asked her why she was leaving. And she replied that another company was paying her more. Really? Her new employer was paying her thirty eight thousand, we were paying her thirty five thousand, and her quarterly bonus was seven thousand. The year before she had taken home a total of forty two thousand dollars. She was taking a pay cut. When asked why she didn't take into consideration the seven thousand, her response was she couldn't count the money since it wasn't guaranteed. See, a lot of times, your field leaders might leave, or your, CEO or, or your CEO, or CFO, or anybody else in the company might leave if they're not emotionally attached to that bonus, and they don't understand that that is part. And the, yeah, it's not a guarantee, but it is guaranteed based on their performance and everybody else's. And if everybody's out for the win, that bonus will go up. See, it's crazy. It got Dave so stressed out that he started focusing in on it, brought a focus group together, everybody from all the departments, somebody from all the departments, I should say. And that's where he realized that that he was a tiger, and his sales force were tigers. And they were out there digging deep, and they were clawing, and they they were making the kill, and they were bringing it back, and they were all sharing it. But then a lady spoke up. She said, as an assistant, I kind of feel like a snotty, snooty waitress at a super expensive restaurant. I will serve you, but I really feel like I'm better than you. I get great dignity and the thrill of accomplishment from helping you perform at a level you would never reach if I wasn't here. I don't need to leave the cave to kill something. Making the company and you look better in spite of yourself is my win. See, a lot of times, the sales force, the distributors, the the VP of sales, the the VP of press of, of PR, they start believing their own press releases. They think they're better than they are, and they forget about the support staff behind them, the koala bears that can make and break them at a drop of a hat. Several years ago, I realized my role in life. Is not to be the number one person. I am always out for the win. But my goal is to support leaders. I don't have to have it in the limelight, I don't have to have recognition all the time. Matter of fact, the most powerful recognition I can get is from family, specifically my wife. My kids, my mom, and my daddy. Yeah, I love it when Richard Brooke writes something on Facebook. Don't get me wrong. We're all human. A little ego never hurt anybody. But there are people that are tigers that have to thrive on that. As I was reading here, Dave made me realize because he said, we name this type of person a koala bear because they may look cute and cuddly, but they have the ability to kill when you least expect it. See, when I sign on to the brand, and, and this is totally my daddy's fault, I sign on to the brand, I'm there until I stop taking a paycheck. He made me read about cowboys and time I could read. And something that I've always admired is the fact that cowboys were loyal to the brand they rode for. So when this cowboy signs on to a brand, we are loyal to the end. If I catch some dishonesty, some unethical behavior, I'll guarantee you we're going to cut our tenure short, and I will not hide the fact on why I left. But this is what you've got to look at deep inside yourself. What type of person are you? Are you that tiger? You could care less about guarantees. You're going to go out there, and you're going to kill it? Or you're a koala bear who says, I need that guarantee for my family, but at the same time, I'll protect your butts. Now there's also tigers that say, Man, I gotta have a guarantee, I gotta be able to have a bridge loan, I've got to be able to make it over the top. See, Straight Commission doesn't usually work for everybody. Matter of fact, this is one of the downsides to network marketing, is most people don't work on Straight Commission. So when they come into a company, they're not used to busting their butt putting in sweat equity and not getting paid for it. If you're listening to this call right now, I want you to understand this. In network marketing, for the first four years on average, you're going to be underpaid and overworked. But if you will stick to it, eventually you will be overpaid and underworked because of all that sweat equity you put into it. Network marketing, direct sales of any kind, is straight commission. Now, if you're working for the company, if, if, if you're with a startup and, and you startup founders are saying, man, how do we build this? How do we find somebody? How do we attract? Then I then I would say salary plus commission. That's what I would do. See, I would put them at the top of the compensation plan, but I would give them a salary to keep them rolling. Now, you've got to decide what that salary is. Now, if somebody comes to you and says, look, man, I, I need – I need $100,000 a month for a year. I would question that. And and if that's what they need and that's what they're telling you they need is $100,000 a month, then what you need to do is say, you know what, I can't do that. I can give you $50,000 a month but you got to bust your butt to get the rest of it. and We've got to get this commission up to, and build this organization so you're getting something. When I took my Ignite 360 position in October of last year, when when Dennis called and said, "Well, here's what I can pay you." I said, "Dennis, I can't do it for that. I can't travel, I can't I can't come to your place. I can't I've got to I've got to know that if I'm taking time away from my clients and building my business, that I'm making at least what I'm making now. Because as soon as I sign on the dotted line and make this public, I'm going to get hurt bad." He said, "Okay." He'd offered 60. I told him I needed 90 plus benefits and everything else. We were up over, over six figures. I don't have a problem sharing this. My income from my clients dried up within 60 days. No new clients coming on board. Nothing. I knew that would happen. Now, when I severed ties with the company, the new, the new CEO that... Dennis had promoted, said, Well, I'm not gonna pay you that, I can pay you forty five thousand. I said, Okay, or or thirty, I don't know, forty two, forty two thousand. I said, Okay, I'm gonna be doing a hundred percent of the work and I'm getting paid, you know, one third or a little bit more than that of what no, that ain't gonna happen. I can't live on that. That's why I had the deal that I had. Sometimes that's gonna happen. Okay, it, it doesn't make people bad. It just you've got to realize that if you don't fit into the culture, if the company can't put their money where their mouth is and 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 be able to provide everything that they need to provide in order to fit the person in, there's going to be changes. You've got to figure this out. The one thing that I'm going to tell you, all leadership, if you want those people inside, especially your your executives inside the company, to help you build your company out, if you want those administrative assistants and those tech support people and those customer service people, then you need to do two things. You need to put them into a really good, solid profit and loss bonus system, and you need to make sure they're vested. You can give them some benefits, too, but don't don't worry about traditional benefits. Do what Dave does. Dave says, I want these people to feel like entrepreneurs, so maybe you don't pay 100% for their medical. Maybe you pay 75%. Maybe you work a deal with local vendors to get them free food. They should all have free product from your company. I'll tell you that right now. Make it happen. Make it work. I love this book. You guys need to go buy Dave Ramsey's book, After Leadership: 20 Years of Practical Business Wisdom from the Trenches. You can get it on all my websites. You can go to Ramsey.com, DaveRamsey.com. You can go to Amazon, wherever. Tomorrow, we end this series tomorrow, Mastering the Rope. Delegation, the best way to build a business bigger than you. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow for realmentorsradio.com. Bye now.